welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 161, Creating an Online Class, an interview with Ellen Martin, coming to you on Thursday, October 24th, 2019. I'm sure that there are a lot of you who have thought to, to yourself at one point or another, do I know enough about this or that to teach an online class about it? Um, maybe because you really like to teach, maybe because you really know a lot about a subject, uh, maybe because there's something that people are always asking you the same questions about. Well, today, Ellen is going to be able to help you to know uh, what you should do next, what you should do to consider whether or not this is the thing for you. So um, before we get to that, I just wanted to say, as someone who has taught lots of online classes and uh, with lots more coming up in the future, I have also finally committed I am going to host a writer's conference in Malmö, Sweden in August 2020. Woohoo! I said it out loud. As long as I actually don't delete this and this airs, it's a real done deal. It's definitely going to happen. I have a whole bunch of maybe things that are going to happen, maybe people who are going to come. Um, but it's going to be at least a one-day event, possibly more, and I will be giving you more information as I uh, create it and put it all together and get all the details in. I'm also going to set up a website page, just a page on the Right Now Workshop uh, website so that you can just tell me if you're interested. So maybe you'd like to make this part of your European vacation next year. Um, maybe you already live in this area and you would like to come to Malma for a couple of days. Um, there's been already a lot of talk about um, things that I can do to help plan some um, not vacation events, but I'm trying, sightseeing, um, sightseeing type stuff here in Malma and also Copenhagen, Denmark. So there are lots of really fun, interesting, and also just relaxing things to do and see around here. And if you haven't been here yet, it is a beautiful place to be. And I say, especially in the summer, but honestly, I really love it here. And I think it's a beautiful place to be any time of the year. Okay, maybe not on the day that it rains so hard that you're soaked all the way through, including right down to your socks and your jeans are hard to get off because they're so soaking wet, you can't pull them down. Yeah. That day maybe isn't the best day to come, but there's a really good chance that day won't be in August when we're having the writers' conference. So I will tell you more about those details as I have them, but it will be August 2020 in Melma, Sweden. Um, also, I am finally getting my uh, Patreon website going, and um, I will let you know as soon as that's ready. I've been talking a lot to a lot of people who do podcasting, online classes, and other forms of teaching and sharing information, and I really, really, really don't want to do subscription-only uh, projects. Maybe I will sometime, but I have not wanted to make the podcast um, be something where you would have to pay. That's not even the way podcasts work anyway. Um, and I don't want some of my other information that I want to share with you to be something that you have to pay for. For one thing, I want it to be available for everyone. I want to be able to encourage you and help you and make you feel excited every week about writing and life. And... Um, and I don't want to make anyone pay. And so the best way to do it is to ask people, would you like to be a patron, a patron of the show, a patron of the um, various forms of writing or whatever? Um, it's it's a really great idea in as much as it allows people who've got a couple of extra bucks a month to put it towards making sure things keep going that are then not only available for them, but to anyone else out there in the world. So... Part of the reason why I do this is to encourage you as well as support you and inform you. And it gives you an opportunity to be part of that, to be one of the people who is helping others to feel encouraged and informed and supportive and hopefully a little bit entertained sometimes. <laughs> so uh, if that sounds like something that you'd like to do, listen for more information in the coming weeks and I will let you know more about how it goes. I'm trying to, the thing that's um, actually got me a little bit stuck is I'm trying to think of really interesting like freebie things. Like if you donate a dollar a month, 
month, you get a great big thank you and like maybe a, a page on my website where I'll list out all the people who are patron, uh, patrons. Um, but then as you start moving up, like uh, if you donate this much, then you get this extra thing. And if you donate that much, you get that extra thing. So if you've done uh, Patreon before or if you've done Kickstarter or something like that before, there's always levels so that people um, get more options. And it's like, oh, how do I think of things that I think are really valuable um, that I can actually also afford to give you, <laughs> um, whether it's in time or money or whatever. So I'm trying to figure it out. If you have any ideas on things that you love to get this or that or the other thing, let me know and I will see what I can do about creating it. <laughs> um, let's see. And then the last thing that I had on my notes of things to tell you. So remember last week, we talked to Susie Mae Warren about her uh, writing planner called My Brilliant Writing Planner. First of all, just wanted to remind you, I think we've got about a week left um, while the uh, $10 off um, discount will still be in effect for the planner. And remember that if you use the coupon code KITTY, K-I-T-T-Y, you'll also get a free uh, sticky note pad that is like the day's... Um, the days planner, like just, uh, it's hard to describe. If you listen to Susie May or watch it on YouTube, you, you already know what I'm talking about. But anyway, it's an, instead of carrying around the whole planner, you can just carry around this one sticky note. You can write everything on it just for today. Uh, you get that for free if you put in the coupon code kitty. So when we were talking last week, she said that one of the new things that she's done in the 2020 planner that wasn't in the 2019 planner is um, she was reading about and learning about more a concept called sacred rest. And I found a TED Talk by the woman who wrote the book Sacred Rest. I have no idea if she's the very first person to have come up with the concept or if the concept is older and she happened to have recently written a book on it. I will find out more information for all of us. But her name is Sandra Dalton-Smith. And I'm going to put a link to the TED Talk in the show notes, which is at podcast.org rightnowworkshop.com and then look for episode 161 because it's really interesting. I hadn't thought about it. I hadn't thought about what she talks about in the way that she says it and in all the broadness of the way that she categorizes things. And yet when I was listening, I was like, oh, and when I was talking to Susie May after she and I were talking for the interview, I was like, okay, this is beginning to make sense. Um, I think that it might answer some of the questions that I've had about the burnout thing. I think that it might be actually big answers. So once I find out more, I am definitely going to share more with you. And also, I think that I probably should get Sandra Dalton-Smith on an email and see whether or not she'd like to come on the show and talk about it some more. I think it could be really, really helpful to all of us, particularly as creative people. I personally can't think of a friend of mine who is highly creative who um who stops at appropriate times all the time most creative people that I know and and I tend to be this way too and I I wish I could get myself to be like okay it's the end of the day you may stop now but I tend to just keep on going I think one more thing one more thing one more thing that I'm going to do or this one little thing that I'll do while I'm supposed to be spending time with family or whatever. And then, um, and then it turns out that I don't actually get any rest at the end of the day. <laughs> so I think that she might have some, some good information for us. Just wanted to let you know about that. Again, I'll put the Ted talk link or you can, um, uh, just Google it yourself. Um, it was very easy to find these links. So we will get more information on that as soon as we can. In the meantime, we are here talking about online classes. And um, Ellen and I talk a little bit about how you know whether or not online class teaching is for you, if you're the right kind of mindset and personality for it. Uh, we talk about the, um, the actual technology of it, uh, what her business does, how she helps people to create online classes. And um, hopefully by the end, you'll have an idea of uh, what you might be able to do. Also, um, if you have any questions on it, like feel free to reach out to me because I've been teaching online classes since sometime in the 1990s. <laughs> I can't even remember. It's been that long. Um, 
So I'm happy to help if I can. So let me know. In the meantime, have an excellent day. I hope that your writing is going well. If you're getting ready for National Novel Writing Month, uh, NaNoWriMo, then I heard my husband's voice in my head. He has always made a joke out of the the acronym. And he always says NaNoMooMoo. And for a minute, that's all I can think about NaNoMooMoo. I'm like, no, John, stop it. That's not what it is. And now he's finally made me say it out loud. Uh, Anyway, if you're getting ready for NaNoWriMo, I hope that you are having fun and getting your thoughts organized and getting ready because we've only got a week and then we get started on our new books. Yay. I am participating this year because I am at the beginning of a new book. So it seems like, yeah, why not? I'll count my words along with everybody else. There's a lot of energy that you get from it, just from knowing that all around the world, other people are writing, 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 writing. So yay. (laughs) All right. Enjoy your writing and enjoy your time with Ellen. Here is our interview about online classes. Today's guest is Ellen Martin. Ellen is the founder of Course Launcher HQ and has a background in both information technology and education. This gives her a unique ability to understand clients' needs and plan and implement e-learning solutions that work for your business, both in the short term and the long term. Course Launcher HQ is part of the InfoTeam brand, a company that has been around since 1996. They have extensive experience in developing, configuring, and maintaining websites, now with a focus on e-learning WordPress sites. Welcome, Ellen. Glad to be here. It's good to see you, Kitty. It's good to have you on the show. We've known each other for a long time particularly all around anything that has to do with online courses. And um, I'm not sure why I never thought about (laughs) saying, hey, you should talk to my people because there's a lot of authors who do online courses or who've been thinking about it. And you can help them to understand like what's involved. Is this something that you might really want to do, right? Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Why don't we probably just start at the beginning, like your, your history, how you even got down on this road in the first place. (laughs) Well, it's kind of funny because I've tried a whole bunch of different things over my career. And um, as a, let's see, I started off, I went um, to college for IT work and I learned how to program computers and do all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I graduated and was commissioned as a naval officer. So I spent the next seven years active duty Navy. Oh my gosh, I did not know that about you. You didn't realize that? Oh, wow. Oh, that's so cool. I've traveled all over the world. I've done all kinds of things. I've, I've wow. hung by a rope from a helicopter flying around Camp Pendleton. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know when people find out some of the things I've done and where I've been, it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, so I've been all over the Far East to Malaysia and Philippines and wow. spent a lot of time in Japan. So it, it really um, fed my travel bug. I love to travel and I'm looking forward to traveling more because I need to get to Europe. I haven't been to Europe yet. Oh, hey, you can come yeah. visit me. <laughs> <laughs> so while I was in the Navy, all, my, all the stuff I did was pretty much collateral duty IT stuff. You know, the, I was always the one in charge of the computers because... I had the background. Yeah. Um, but then they'd sent me to um, the University of Arizona to teach Navy ROTC. And I loved it. I absolutely loved teaching. And then I also, while I was there, I was like, okay, maybe I should teach high school. So I took every education course I could take. And they sent me to, to uh, out to the field to observe the high school students. And I was like, you know, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I love teaching. I love working with high school students, but that kind of environment, I decided it wasn't for me. So I ended up getting back into computers and created InfoTeam, which is um, the business I've created with my family. And now I'm the one running it and my family's not so much involved anymore. Mm-hmm. But I fell in love with building websites and all that kind of stuff and kind of drifted away from education And then in 2008, I started doing a little bit with e-learning and creating Moodle sites. And then in 2015, I joined Danny Inney's course. um, What did he call it at the time? It was something Course Builders Boot Camp. Yeah, yeah. And then he had another thing after the boot camp. That might have been 14. And then in 15, he did his course... Course Builders Laboratory. As that was the it. one. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. were in it year before, and then I joined when it was Course La- Course 
course builders laboratory yeah yeah so i actually joined both of them and and then got really involved and really decided that was the path i was wanted to go down so sometime around april of 2015 i launched the course launcher brand and that's my brand that we do all our uh, site development. So we actually create custom websites for folks. And I've been wanting to get into coaching more because I just realized about a year ago, I realized that I've been a coach at heart all along. I think I was probably 10 or 12 years old, had this vision. I was in my basement of our house and called this my mission moment. And it's, if you've heard of Mel Farr, she teaches about your having your mission moment. And what is that? And that's, when I really thought about it, that's what impacted my entire career. And especially where I am now in my career is when I was 10 or 12 years old, I was, I I remember it vividly. I was in the basement of our house and I said to myself, someday I'm going to be a millionaire so that I can give scholarships to these kids. They might be brilliant kids, but they don't have opportunity. Yeah. So I had this vision of becoming a millionaire so that I could equip kids with scholarships. Nice. Unfortunately, I'm still not a millionaire, but working (laughs) on it, not giving up. Um, But that vision's really morphed. And now it's more about using online education, entrepreneurship, but above all mentorship. I, I really believe we need to implement mentorship programs. Because if you think about our education system, it's gotten really regimented. Yeah. If you think back in the day, there was apprenticeship programs and people had mentors. And I really feel like we need to go back to that, even for some of these technical things that we do. Yeah. And you see it a lot in um, some online areas where people are coaches and there's this big boom of people coaching people on everything. I mean, from how to create a business to just about anything you want to do, you can find a coach. Yeah. And so I really decided in 2015 that that I wanted to get back into coaching and I wanted to teach people how to create um, online course websites. And so I don't focus as much on how to create the course as I do on how to create the site, how to take that knowledge that you have packaged into a course and get it online. Yeah. And so my vision now has really morphed from giving scholarships to creating um, opportunities through online learning. Oh, wow. And I really believe that we can help break those shackles of, I, I look at it as generational poverty. Yeah. If you think about it, so many people are locked into generation after generation of poverty because they don't know any different. Yeah. And I realized that part of my mission is to break that pattern, break that chain. And I realized it because my VA came to me and showed me a picture. She's like, I'm building a house and I'm able to do this because of you. And I just nearly broke down in tears when she told me that. Oh my gosh, this is your virtual assistant? My my virtual assistant that's in the Philippines. And she she does a lot of work for me building the courses and helping build the websites and that kind of stuff. And I've trained her over the years that she's been working with me. Yeah. So instead of just saying, follow these instructions, I helped her to learn how to look at something and figure it out or go research how to do things. And so now she's grown over the years in her capabilities. And that's the kind of thing that I really believe we can change the world just one person at a time, even Yeah. by helping people learn a skill, you know, even if it's you know, any kind of skill you can think of that can be taught online, we can use that, I believe, to, you know, to, to really change the world. Yeah. Okay. You know, you've got me so like excited and inspired because I'm just thinking um, today I checked, I haven't checked for a long time to see how many countries my podcast has been listened to. Um, and it was like around 44 or 47. So I was writing it down in a, in a promo piece. And so I thought I should get the right number and it's 74 now. (laughs) Wow. And I, yeah. And I've been thinking about, um, you know, all of the 
um, internet and um, Wi-Fi infrastructure that some of the big companies have been really pushing in places like India and other places mm -hmm. that um, people don't actually have computers. Everything they do is on a smartphone. Right. And I'm thinking you could be helping somebody you know, build a house, buy a car, send their kids to college or whatever, in some faraway place, somebody who's got a smartphone that you help them to figure out how they can teach something that they know to a group of people who are, want to pay for that information. Yeah. It's how exciting. It is exciting stuff. And, you know, we look at the, you know, we've been through the industrial age and, you know, there's all these different, the age of this, the age of that. And we've, there's been talk that we're in the information age. Mm -hmm. um, there's talk of the gig, gig economy where, you know, you can go online and you like the Lyft and Uber, they're part of that gig economy, Airbnb, yeah. part of the gig economy where you just go online and offer a service. And I see our economy really turning to not just the gig economy, but also the um, education and co economy. People with something to teach are the ones that are going to be building the new businesses. Wow. That's what I see as the future here in over the next few years. Yeah. And I've seen this groundswell. When I first started in 2008, the audience for online education was all these bigger companies that you know were more traditionally, they were using it for HR purposes or they had something to teach. And now I see it going more into individuals who have a skill or, or an expertise and they want to teach that expertise to other people. Yeah. That's where all it's come over the last, since 2015 is really when that started. And I, I think Danny was kind of, Danny Inney was kind of the impetus beyond that. And back here behind me on my desk, I've got one of his books, uh, Teach and Grow Rich. Yeah, yeah. And um, still love that book because it really does talk a lot about how you can get started and take what you know and turning it, turn it into something that you can then teach to others. Yeah. I've got that one on my Kindle and you're reminding me I should go back and reread it. It's the only hard part about having books on your Kindle is that they're not on a shelf for you to remember. Hey, I should go back and reread that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite books I'll have on Kindle and I get a, a hard copy of it because there's just, I can't give up my hard copy books. I'm yeah. Now, I don't have a bookshelf in my office now because I have become a bit of a nomad, <laughs> which is why I love my Kindle. But I have a stack of books on the desk behind me because I always have to have my books. Yeah. Nice. Well, listen, there's probably people listening who are getting excited, just like you got me all excited. I mean, I, I'm already teaching online, but you still got me really excited because I just... <laughs> I think that I also, I just love to teach. And if I can get paid for it, like it's just a double bonus, but I genuinely just like to share the information in my head. And I like to see other people go, oh, and you know, have that moment. That's the key, really. You know, when you share what you know and you see people light up because they get it, that's when you know, if, if that's the kind of thing that like makes you light up, like I can see it right now and watching you, you get all lit up when you think about teaching. Yeah, And I know there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, I just love sharing what I know. I sh love sharing my knowledge, but they don't know where to start. Yeah, yeah. And, um, so there's a lot of resources like Danny's book. Um, there's another book that's coming out soon called um, The Course Design Formula. Okay. And it's written by Rebecca Cuevas. Okay. And she's an instructional designer. And what I love about her work is that she really identifies what kind of helps you identify what kind of course you have in you oh. so that you can design it for the right fit. Because there's how-to courses, there's, um, right. you know, informational courses, there's transformational courses, all kinds of different things. She helps you identify where your course would fit in. That's, that's good. Now you're making me interested in this book because um, of all the many, many webinars, courses, um, articles, free courses so that you can, you know, see whether or not you want to pay for the big course that the person puts on. Um, there's all these different ways that people want to tell you to do something. Oh, the only way to really be successful is if you transform the person. Or the only way to be successful is if the person actually does what you taught them to do after you taught them. You know, and I'm thinking, um, 
it makes so much sense now that you've said it out loud that they're right for some people, but they're also wrong for other people. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what I like to look at is outcome-based learning. And that is, you identify what is the outcome you want people to have at the end of your course. Sometimes it's, I want them to know how to do this step by step by step. Sometimes it's, I want them to have this piece of information that they can then use for whatever. Um, and sometimes a course is transformational. I have some coaches that do mindset work and they can produce incredible transformations in the people they work with. Wow. And that's what I personally love is to see those transformations. Yeah. But that doesn't negate the importance of all those other courses, the how-tos, the you know, informational ones. Yeah. Um, I've dubbed my platform a transformative learning platform because with the platform I'm building, people can use it to create a transformation, but they can also use it just to do a how-to course if they want it. Ah, okay. So. All right. So this is a good segue. Let's, let's think about people are listening. You've got their interest up now. Um, you actually do, we were talking a little bit um, before we started, you do more, you're, sorry, your focus is more on this second uh, section of once you've decided that you want to do a course and you have a course in mind, um, you help them with a lot of the tech things. But you also know some of the uh, questions that people ask and, and the answers to them. Probably there are some people asking, do I even know enough about something that someone else would want to learn? And can I teach it? Do I have what it takes to, to be a teacher? So what do you answer when you get questions like that? Well, kind of going back around to what we just talked about, do you light up when you talk about what you do because you want other people to be able to learn? Do you, when you see somebody maybe struggling with something, do you like want to help them? That's, that's the kind of people I think that really turn into the the best coaches and teachers are the ones that really just light up when they do it. Um, but then there's other people that I've seen create courses and it might be something just super dry. Like I have a colleague that teaches how to do programming and that can be transformative too. It's very technical, step-by-step, step, here's how you do the things, but it can be transformative for the person taking the course because now they've got a skill that can change their life. Right, right. Get a job so, that they couldn't have gotten before, maybe. Yeah. So I think everybody has something in them that they can teach. Not everybody wants to, and that's fine too. But yeah. for those that think, if, if you're thinking, you know, I think I'd like to teach, then you probably are one of those people that would do well taking your expertise and packaging it into a format that you can teach others. Yeah. Um, and with the internet now and just what we're doing here, you can do a live session right on Zoom right? and talk to people all over the world and do live teaching. Um, you don't even have to have anything fancy. Um, I literally, I've got some ugly wallpaper behind me, so I put a curtain on the wall. And so I do all these live trainings. And if I, if I showed you that ugly, I, there's no no window behind me. It's just a curtain on a wall because I wanted to hide the wallpaper. Yeah. So, but it looks like you've got this professional setup going. You've got the TV, you've got the curtain. It just looks, yeah. Yeah. So it's very easy to set up an environment. You don't need anything fancy. You can get started with just the computer that you have. And, you know, the, if you have an iPhone, a, a fairly new iPhone or even an Android phone, the camera's on there now, you can videotape yourself on those yeah. and really get high quality video too, if you're yeah. trying to get the more professional stuff. So there's so many opportunities now yeah. to be able to do it that uh, just about anything that you can think of to, that you can do, you can teach it to others. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Now, um, I would say there's probably people who have read that online education has become a billion dollar business. My thought is if that is the primary thought in your head for why you're listening to this, um, we might have already answered the question about whether or not this is for you. Because if you're not really interested in teaching, 
you might just find it all to be too much work. Is that true? Yeah, because, you know, some people think, oh, I'm going to just create this course, throw it up online and make a million dollars. And it doesn't work that way. Yeah. <laughs> it takes, there's a lot that goes into it. You have to have an audience. You have to do certain things um, to get, once you have your course, to get that course found. Um, but that's also why coordinating with other people. Um, one of the things that I'm building right now is the ability to have a marketplace so that if you're like on Udemy, you can go and you can put up your course and anybody can buy that course. Yeah. What I'm creating is a marketplace where people can come in and they can have their own it, white labeled portal. It's a portal that's branded to them with their courses in it. But let's say on the marketplace, Kitty, you put your course out there and said, hey, if anybody else wants to teach this as part of theirs, then they could actually pull that course into their portal and provide that and then they could talk through it. So I'm doing that with um, Rebecca's um, courses. She has a free course and I'm going to offer that as kind of a, a segue into what I do to help uh -huh. people figure out is this, you know, am I ready to teach online? So I'm using somebody else's stuff. Right. Some stuff I create myself. But if you think about a college professor, how many college professors write their own textbooks? Right. Some do, yeah. you know, but most of them go and they pick out the best textbook and they teach from that, you know, and they'll pick out different materials, put it together into a curriculum, and then they teach that curriculum. Right, right. So... I'm looking at that same model where people can say, okay, I've got this course, but I need to teach this and that and this other thing. And they can pull those pieces from the marketplace, put them into their portal and design their own custom program around all those pieces of content that other people provide. Yeah. So it's not all about just having to provide your own content. Sometimes it's about curating good content that you then teach to Package. other people. Okay. And, and just to be clear, of course, you're, um, you're not taking other people's content. You're working out some sort of system um, yes. with the other person or persons. Yeah. So there's a couple ways to do that. Sometimes people will package their um, courses in a way that you can then put it into your own course platform and you're paying um, some do it as a one-time fee. You know, mm -hmm. you can, I have some courses that I use that I just paid a one-time fee or an annual fee on them. And we put them into our academy and as many people as go through the academy that want to take it can take it. Right. I have other courses where it's the profit sharing arrangement. So every time for every person that goes through the course, I pay a small amount to the, the author of that course instead right. of paying a one-time fee to the author, I pay a per person. Right. And so that all gets worked out with the course author. Right. The okay, marketplace yeah. I'm looking at would have more of a um, per person that there, it, it could actually go either way on that one too. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're making me think about some of the things like um, there's a Mark Dawson's self-publishing formula, which became ads for authors, I think. Anyway, you know, sometimes the, the names of courses change once or twice. Um, but I remember sometimes um, he'll have something that's part of his course that actually somebody else did. And I don't know the arrangement, but I realize now, oh, it could be that he paid somebody to do this bit that's related to what he teaches, but that he doesn't know enough about and then made it part of his course. Or it could have been, you know, any of half a dozen arrangements probably, but. Yeah. So for people that feel a little stuck, like I love to teach, but I just don't want to develop the course. You can use, um, there's private label stuff where they can actually let you white label it. So it oh. looks like you're the author of it. Um, I usually, I use some of that kind of stuff, but I make no, I don't make it sound like I'm the one that wrote it. I just say, right. this is materials that came from other authors that I feel like is good stuff. So you, you have to go through the course yourself and make sure it's good and something you want to present, but you don't have to be the one to create all the content. And that's, I think a lot of people, when they realize that they're like, oh, wow. 
you know, it's a big relief because it is a lot of work to put together a course in a, in a way that is effective. Yeah. Um, you can take your content and, and I see a couple, couple models. I see some really brilliant people that just, I call it a brain dump. You do a massive brain dump, you throw it all into a portal and say, here's your course. And then the people just get lost. You know, right. it's like, uh, there's one course in particular that I love the content and it's sold as an eight week course. And really the thing should be eight months. <laughs> I literally quit because even though it's good information, I just couldn't find the time and the energy, especially in the eight weeks that he was trying to fire hose it at us right. to get it, get through it. So I still refer to the thing and um, go in and I'll use bits and pieces of it, but I never actually went through the whole course. Right. But that also brings, comes back around to, you know, what's the purpose? What's the outcome you want? So is course completion really a good measure of success? I think the, right. what are the rates like two or 3% completion rates, something crazy that, yeah. you know, only two or 3% of people actually finish your entire course. Yeah. In general, when you look at all the courses, the studies they've done. But is that necessarily a bad thing? Not always, because sometimes they got what they needed. And so the better assessment of whether or not your course is successful is you do a pre-assessment and say, what do you want to get out of the course? At the end, you say, did you get what you wanted? And you get that feedback, then you can adjust your course. If people are saying, no, I wanted to learn more about this, you can add that to your course. Yeah. But the measure of success might not be that they completed module one, then module two, then module three. You yeah. Know, there's so many different learning paths that people can go down. Right. And also depending on how much information somebody had before they started. I mean, there have been some courses I've taken where I've started at the beginning and gone all the way through. But I would say of all the courses that I haven't completed, a lot of them are because I started at the place that that was the thing that I needed to know today. And another time I came back and started at the place where that was the thing I needed to know that day. Right, right. So that, in my eyes, is still a successful course, even though you didn't complete it. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people don't even think about that up front. And so I, that's one of the things that I teach when I'm teaching people about course creation, because I do teach a little bit of that. Um, I I don't consider myself an instructional designer, but because I've taken all these education courses, I know yeah. a lot more than um, a lot of people do about how to create an a effective course. Yeah, yeah. And I've really studied a lot more of it lately too. But that's my firm belief is that you find out what is it that they need. Because adult learners, you don't want to necessarily pigeonhole them. Now, if this is a certification course where they have to demonstrate proficiency, then yeah. You have to take them through step by step and make sure that they're proficient. Yeah. Other courses, you don't necessarily have to take them through in order. They could go and pick and choose what they need. So it seems like there's at least three times when I was thinking to myself as you were talking, oh yeah, that's another instance of you, if you knew the outcome before, if you knew the outcome you wanted them to have before you start designing, it would help answer this question and that question and that question. Bingo. So that's why I always say design with the end in mind with what is the outcome. So that's at its most basic when you're designing your course, if you start by figuring out what is the outcome, what is it that you want them to learn, know, or be able to do at the end of your course, then you can then build your course to take them along a path that's going to get them to that outcome. Yeah. So one of the other things that I wanted to mention, because I've heard it asked a lot in um, different um, online teaching settings that I've been in, is are there, are there kinds of learning, uh, let me see if I can say that in a better way, um, is there anything that a person might want to teach that really is truly not going to work in an online setting? And I know that I used to hear the answer being, yes, you know, maybe this or that, but um, Jeff Walker, who is a huge online, um, I don't know if it's, it's not really course creation, it's product launch. So the product could be a course, but it could be, you know, any other kind of product that you have. I saw an interview with uh, him and one of his um, 
client, somebody who'd gone through his class. It's probably at least a couple of years old now. And she was either teaching horseback riding or horse training with an online video class. And she had like a gazillion clients and was doing very well financially. And I was like, Oh my gosh. So then I started thinking, well, I guess if you were a skateboarder and you wanted to create a course on how to do certain kinds of skateboard tricks and how to, you know, take care of your skateboard and do all these, you know, you literally could film it and teach somebody, this is what you do. This is how you do it. Yeah. With video these days, there's not a lot that you can't do online. Yeah. Now there's some things that are easier taught in person, but Sometimes, too, the online could be used as a segue to a live in-person thing, too. Yeah. And I see people doing, um, when they have a live event, I see people doing a pre-launch course so that people go through this course before they get to the live event. And that way they're prepared for everything. Um, Sometimes it's just an orientation for what to expect at the event, what to bring, those kinds of things. Other times it's go through and... I call it the flipped classroom. It's all, that's a term that you'll hear different educators use, but the idea of that you take them through like some online training before they get to a live, um, like they're watching videos, taking quizzes, maybe doing exercises. And then you come and you talk about it either at a live event or in a live Zoom session, that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. That's exciting. I I think I'm going to want to do stuff like that because I really like doing uh, online classes and I like doing live online teaching even better. But my favorite, favorite thing is live in person, but there's a limit because I'm in one city. My city has X number of people. And so you're like, well, no, I want to take advantage of, you know, teaching anybody who's interested wherever they are in the world. But now I'm like, okay, there is a way that I can have the best of both worlds if I like both of these things. Yeah. Yeah. So like you can do a live Zoom session where you discuss the stuff and it, you know, with video now, the way it is, it's almost like being there. And in some cases it can be even a little better because it's easy to do the screen sharing and then you've got the video replay and all that kind of stuff. So there's advantages actually to doing it through something like Zoom or Crowdcast or one of those, um, even go to webinar. Um, Zoom is my favorite platform for a number of reasons. Yeah. Um, you got me hooked on Zoom. That's what you and I are recording on right now. I love it. I've been <laughs> telling great. other people about it. <laughs> I use the business version that actually will transcribe my, um, automatically transcribe the audio. audio. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Note to self, must look into that when we're done. (laughs) It's pricey because the business account, you have to have 10 users and all that. So there are some other ways. And, and those are the kinds of things that I'll be teaching as I launch my academy and my coaching program is how to, how to do some of those cool things. But yeah. Um, so like I have a bunch of people that work for me, so they each have their own account makes sense. And it's just price wise, it was even cheaper than me to have um, use something like Trent to um, upload the video and have it transcribed. Okay. So when I get done with a video on Zoom, about within the next half hour to an hour, depending on how long the session was, it'll come back, say everything's been processed and it's been transcribed. Wow. And then I can send a VA from one of my Philippine VAs can go in there and trans take that transcription and clean it up. They can go through and cause it's not perfect, but it's, yeah. it's really good for if you want to just skim through a conversation you had, you can type in the word, it'll search for it in the transcript and then you click the button. It'll take you right there on the zoom video. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of good things that you can do with zoom. There's add-ons. I can't remember the name of it offhand, but there's another um, thing that works with Zoom that will transcribe for you. Ah. I want to say that one's 70 or $80 a month. Okay. But it's probably cheaper. It does other things besides just transcribe Zoom. Yeah. But it's also probably cheaper than trying to get a business account on, on Zoom. Yeah. And I was thinking like the few times that I really was like, even if it costs me money, I need to pay and get a transcription of this or that, like a webinar, some sort of teaching thing. Um, I used, oh, it was one of those, um, I can't think of it now, Fiverr. 
Uh, and I okay. found a woman actually in the Philippines who was um, incredibly um, good at English, like no problem, wouldn't have known that she wasn't a native English speaker. And she um, it was like an hour and 10 minutes, maybe hour and 20 minutes video. And she transcribed the whole thing for $50. And I was thinking that's a steal of a deal compared to other places that, um, that I was looking into at that time. But I'm thinking if the prices were still similar, like if you need even two things transcribed a month, 70 or $80 is totally going to be worth it. Yeah. And so a couple things that you can use for transcriptions is um, there's Trint, T-R-I-N-T. Okay. That one, you upload your video, it does the transcription, and then it has an interface that you can go through and you can be listening and cleaning up the transcription. Ah. So what I found was there's Rev.com, R-E-V. Okay. Rev.com. And there you just, you upload the video, somebody sits there and listens to it and transcribes it word for word that way. That's a dollar oh. a minute. So $60 for every hour of video. Yeah, yeah. With the Trent, it's like 25 cents a minute or less. I forget the pricing on it. And there's a couple other Temi, T-E-M-I. Trent, I felt, worked really well. Okay. Um, but the way I did it was you upload it and you get an imperfect transcription. And then you send the VA to do finalize the transcription. Right. And you get... So then you get the perfect, but they're not having to transcribe every single word. And it yeah. just, that's, that's what I find to be the most efficient method of doing it is using an auto transcription and then following it up with, if you need it perfect. So what a lot of people do is they'll take their training videos and have them all transcribed. And then you can include a PDF copy of that transcription in, as part of your course. I had noticed that that was part of some of the courses that I've done and having only looked into transcription uh, very generally and a couple of years ago, I was like, yeah, no, I can't afford to do that yet. But it sounds like, like with everything with technology, things are getting easier and cheaper. Yeah. There's even a free way on, to do it on Amazon, but it doesn't produce the, the transcript is not as easily editable as other oh. stuff. It's, it's, um, it's free, but free or very inexpensive, but it's also not as user-friendly. So right. I usually tell people about um, Trent, I think is really the best one out there as far as what I've researched so far. Yeah. At least as far as, uh, as far as you know, as of October, 2019, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it changes every day. There's probably some out there I don't know about that may work even better, but you know, the way things are going, everything is so easy to transcribe. Um, pretty soon we'll be able to download it directly from our brain into our phone with just thinking about it. That'll and, be kind of cool. <laughs> you know, it sounds kind of crazy, but Elon Musk you know, the guy that shot the rocket into outer space and then landed it on a barge. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who'd think that could ever happen? Right. He's also working on a chip to be implanted in the brain. Now, his idea is that you have your mobile device and there's information on that mobile device that would get beamed up into your brain directly from the mobile de device. He's working on that right now. That's scary. It's crazy um, to think that like somebody needs to have that tested. <laughs> I'm not volunteering. <laughs> no, me neither. But, you know, when you think about some of the things that are happening and how they can be used for education, it's, it's kind of exciting. And, and yeah. I see it as leveling the playing field for a lot of people. Like yeah. you said, there's people in the world that they don't have computers, but they have smartphones. And it's getting to the point where you can do so much just by having a smartphone. Yeah. And, you know, just the video alone is a great place to start. Some people start just by, you know, firing up either Zoom or their mobile phone, recording themselves talking about a topic and throw it out there and see if it sticks. Right. And that's one way really to get started Yeah. Uh, without being real formal about it. You know, I like to see people go down the path of formally creating a course and having, having it validated and doing all the work of proper instructional design. Yeah. But that's also, it can be, seem like really overwhelming for somebody that's just getting started. 
Right, right. Yeah. And so a lot of times I say, just start somewhere, you know, throw, throw, you could, I literally, the one, this is a curtain. The first time I did it, I actually took a bed sheet and stapled it to the wall. Oh, I think I, I think I was friends with you when there was only a bed sheet. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's still hanging on the wall over there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, you can, you know, something as simple as a bed sheet hanging on your wall to cover up if you've got ugly wallpaper. Yeah. It doesn't take a lot in people. I see a lot of people getting hung up on those little details. Well, I don't have this. I don't have a proper camera. I don't have. Yeah. You don't need much. You don't need a fancy microphone. The earbud that comes with your phone is sufficient to, yeah. to do most stuff. Um, with, you know, that's why I say it really levels the playing field because it doesn't take a lot to, yeah. to get the things together that you need. Well, I'm sure that there are at least some people listening who are like, okay, this is great. I'm excited. Now I really want to do it. So, um, so let's just quickly um, move because um, see, this always happens. I talk to somebody and we get very excited about the topic. And then at some point I, I have to say, we have to actually hurry and finish our topic. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, so this has been very inspirational as far as like the way that I feel at least. And maybe, maybe that's the point. If you do feel inspired, you probably are someone who has, um, you know, the heart for teaching, in which case you might want to look into it. And starting with just a cell phone and posting things to YouTube is not a bad way to do it. It costs you nothing. It costs users nothing. And you right. can test your idea. If you start getting 10,000 downloads, then you might want to be thinking about how can I make this like uh, more um, packaged and, you know, put, put a price on it because yeah. information is worth money. So, so tell us more about what you do and you are going to have some spots opening up in a beta that you're coming out with, right? Yeah. So I've been building e-learning portals for people. So a portal is just a membership website and I've been doing that since 2015, um, building them with WordPress and uh, Learn LearnDash is the plug main plugin that I use. And you, anybody can go out and build their own WordPress site with LearnDash and some other plugins. But what I've done is now I package it up so that I know all the plugins that work really well together and which things are worth adding in and that kind of stuff. So I've created the Course Launcher platform in the past, the only way to get on the course launcher platform was for us to build the site mm -hmm. because it was so complicated. And now I'm building a network and that's where you were talking about the beta. I'm going to do a coaching program where I coach people through the process of creating their site, their website. So it'll be an actual implementation program. And that's another type of course is you help somebody to implement something. Right. And so I'll be providing the coaching and all that kind of stuff. And on top of it, a year's worth of um, hosting on the new Course Launcher platform, which has everything put together. So that all you have to do is go put your course in. You don't have to worry about the tech. Yeah. And, um, I'm really excited about that because I believe it's going to give people a starting point. In the past, I've said, use Thinkific or maybe teachable, depending on what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And Thinkific's a great place to start. But what I find is that people run into a wall where they're like, now I want to do this. And Thinkific just doesn't let you do that. Yeah. They're adding a lot of features right now. And some people I still do say, go use Thinkific. But with my new platform, it's designed to give people something that's as easy to use as Thinkific, but that can grow so that they don't hit those walls. Right. So like if you do, like for you, Kitty, you have all your archives of your podcasts. You could make that part of your membership um, that could even be a free membership that when people can log in and watch the replays, right. um, things like that. Ooh. You can do that on Thinkific, but it's not really as conducive to it because in Thinkific, everything has to be in a course. And right. with WordPress, you can have pages and posts and um, a library of posts that you give people access to. Right. So I'm building something and I build it for other people. Now I'm going to build one for me that I um, provide um, as a service where people can just come, come in, sign up, 
and then go through the coaching program to learn how to use it. So I don't just turn people loose and say, go figure it out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because depending on how techie you are, and sometimes you can be techie, but you just don't know about this particular kind of tech or that particular kind of question, um, that can lead to more frustration than it's worth. So sometimes it's just definitely the better idea is to just pay someone, take the right course, get the right help, and the coaching, huge. Yeah. And in the past, the reason I've told people to go think Thinkific is because I know the complexity of what it takes to build out a WordPress site. Yeah. Um, I've had people that are super techie and know how to build WordPress sites that still come to me to build their membership portal, their learning portal, because there's so many little intricacies with all the things working together. Right that they just didn't want to have to, even though they were super techie, they didn't want to have to learn those pieces. Yeah. And so I'm working on simplifying it. And that's why I want to get a beta group that's techie enough that they feel comfortable working in WordPress, but maybe they're not so techie that they want to deal with the actual tech. Yeah. And, the, um, all the plugins and that sort of thing. Yeah. You all mean? the plugins. So we manage, we, the hosting we take care of, all the plugins are paid for and taken care of by us. Every time there's an update, we update everybody's platform. And if something breaks, because some, something always breaks because yeah. with WordPress, somebody will change something in their plugin and that'll affect everybody else. And so what we do because it's on the course on your platform, if something breaks something, we know it and we can push that fix out to everybody. Right. And whereas if you're just self-hosting your WordPress site somewhere, if something breaks then you've got to figure out what it, what caused it to break, you got to get it fixed, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with us, you put in a ticket and we fix it for you. If, if you find something that's not working right. Nice. So and I have to say, with all the time that I've been with you, and I, I'm not always using the site, not always running a, a live class, but um, I think that maybe I've never actually put in that ticket, you know, where something broke and I needed you. I've, I've put in other tickets. Help! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of how-to stuff, but yeah, we try to keep ahead of any of the things that could break. Yeah. And we do that, too, by... Um, we don't just push all the updates. Like a lot of people will have a WordPress site and then you go in the back end and it says you have 10 plugin updates waiting. And so you press a button and update them all. And then you cross your fingers and go, don't break, don't break, don't break. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, that's, that's the typical way of updating a WordPress site. Yeah. The Unfortunately, we- it's the way that I feel when I'm updating my Mac, like I won't update it on the first day anymore because I, I wait to see what streaming <laughs> happens on the internet because, you know, there are times when you've got some old piece of software that works perfectly fine and hasn't been updated because maybe that company's no longer in business, but it's your favorite piece of software and you don't know that you're about ready to doom it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we actually test the updates on a staging platform prior to pushing it out to everybody's sites. Nice. So that's why it doesn't typically break when we update it on a somebody's site because we know in advance if there's going to be a problem and we address the problem prior to updating it. Yeah. The other piece of it, though, is that we don't hold anybody captive. Back in the day, a few years back, probably 14 or 15, 2014, 2015, and somewhere in that time frame, um, Copy Blogger came out, I think that's who it was, came out with um, the Rainmaker platform. And it had an LMS in it. It had the way, it's, it's basically, we'll manage your WordPress. Here's what you get. And you couldn't install your own plugins. And that's the way ours is. You can't install your own plugins. But if you get stuck and you need a plugin, you can request it. And if it's something we think is useful for everybody, we'll push it out to everybody. Otherwise, you can move into a custom plan where you can ask us to do more plugins that aren't part of the normal plugin stack, as we call it. Yeah. Um, but Copy Blogger, the way theirs worked is you got what you got. You could request another theme, maybe. And then if you decided I don't like it anymore and I want to move my WordPress site to some other hosting, yeah. they would give you an export of your content, but you couldn't just pick up your site and move it. And so everything you created, you kind of had to recreate it. So you still owned all your content, had access to it, 
And that's one of the things too with Thinkific and Teachable and all these other platforms. If if something happens to them or you decide you don't like the platform, you're pretty much starting over. Right. And so a lot of that, right. So with ours, if somebody decides they want to leave, we're not going to hold them captive. Yeah. Um, you know, we require that if you haven't been with us long enough to have spent X number of dollars over a certain period of time, that you'd have to buy it out because yeah. there's a lot of proprietary stuff that's built into it. And we don't just let somebody come pay us a hundred dollars for a month and then, or a couple hundred dollars for a month, depending on which plan they chose and then to pick up the site and move it. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, there's a minimum, um, amount of time or buy-in that you have to do to, to be able to do that. But even that, you know, I have, I've had people say, well, I'll just, you know, pay that price because even that package they get, they find really valuable. So nice. but it's, in my mind, the value comes with the coaching, um, get office hours to come in yeah. and ask your questions and things like that. Well, this is a great segue to, so how can people find you and where, where can they find out more information? Um, website or a landing page or what's the best way for people to reach you? So um, if you go to courselauncherhq.com and then put slash go slash right now workshop. That's me. Yep. Said, right now <laughs> right workshop. Now workshop. <laughs> that will take you to a landing page where you can request some adif additional information about the different things that I've talked about today. So if you want information on how to get started with your own course or if you want to know what that book was that we mentioned earlier, Rebecca's book or Danny's book, all that kind of stuff will be on that page. Perfect. So it's course launcher HQ like headquarters.com slash go slash right now workshop. Sweet. We'll get you there. Awesome. And then um, there'll also be a place where they can sign up and either talk to you more about your services or ask questions about this upcoming beta. Yeah. So we, um, also have free demos. Right now I do all the demos. So I do either a free demo or a free 45 minute consultation to just talk to people and figure out, is this a good fit for you or not? Yeah. And after those conversations that I have with people, sometimes people will come on board and sometimes I'll say, Hey, I think you ought to go do this first. Right. And um, that's, I, I never try to sell somebody just because it's there. I always try to find out what's the best fit for somebody. Yeah. So happy to talk to anybody that's thinking about doing it and just wants to know, you know, how can I get involved in this? Yeah. Excellent. And you know, you told me before we got started um, that you have a, a mission somewhere on your your website. I don't know if it was so much a mission statement, but it had the word mission in it and it was really motivational. <laughs> Do you remember it? Yeah. So it's actually on my homepage. It says, I believe that education is the key to a better world. By helping you share your experience, we both get to fulfill our mission. I love so that. My mission is to equip entrepreneurs to be able to share their experiences, share their expertise, um, because I really do believe we can change the world through education, through mentorship, apprenticeships. Um, and so that is, that's my mission. I, I had that mission moment when I was a kid and it really morphed into this being able to change the world and make a difference. That's awesome. And you have a great tagline too. Go oh, be brilliant. Go, you go said be brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because people, so many people don't realize and recognize their own brilliance. Yeah. And there's a quote by Marianne, Marianne Williamson, and I can't quote the whole thing anymore because my brain doesn't remember the details, but she says something to the effect of, you know, who am I to be brilliant and beautiful and who are you not to, you know, it's time to share that brilliance with the world. I love it. So, especially as, yeah. And especially like the way that you and I are, are talking about all of this teaching and, and if you've got that spark that you love to teach people, like in using your talents and your brilliance, you're bringing out talents and brilliance in other people. Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. Ellen, I am so glad you took the time. I know you have a very busy schedule. You have got a, a big enough company that you're busy all the time, it seems. And I really appreciate that you took the time to be on the show with us. 
I'm so happy to be here, Kitty. It's good to see you. And I'm excited to, to see what you're doing. Um, love that you got the podcast going. I know you've been doing this, what, about a year now? Uh, coming up Little, on two. Coming up on two years. Okay. I know, right? Hard to believe because, you know, we've talked about it over the time and, and stuff. And so it's exciting. Yeah. You were part of, of the people that I talked to when I was just like, I want to do a podcast, but I don't know. Should I do it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought about doing my own. I think what I'm going to start with is just live stream into Facebook. Oh, yeah. One of the things that Zoom can do as well. That's so, really? Yeah. Hmm. I need I'll to go in about that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How to do all that. So many ideas. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I know that I'm inspired. I'm sure that there are people listening who are like, yes, me too. So once again, that website would be courselaunchershq.com forward slash go forward slash right now workshop. Yes, that's it. They can get all the information about all the things that we've been talking about. Plus I'll have a lot of it written in the show notes on my website, which is podcast.rightnowworkshop.com. So we'll make sure that everybody has all the information and get them excited to go help other people. That's great. Looking forward to seeing all the outcomes. Awesome. So, all right. Thanks, Ellen. All right. Well, go be brilliant.